ready. We're on. We're on right now. So, uh, you know, how we do on Kakoti. We like to warm up the crowd a bit and get the people on. And uh, that's what we do. We wait for a few folks to come on. Because as you know, this is being streamed live on Facebook. Um, so you can go ahead and you can share the link if you'd like to. You could let everybody know that on Kakoti. Hey, I can sing now. We on, we on. Yeah, man, you can do a little thing. You can do a little thing. Let me just share the post. <laughs> I can do a little thing? What do you consider uh, a little thing? Looting. <laughs> do I consider looting? A, a little thing, a little thing. A little oh, a little thing, thing a little thing. Oh, my little God, thing, man. I'm you talking about keys. looting. You can hit keys. We jump in ahead, we jump in ahead. We're not talking I want to say good afternoon to all of the listeners, all the viewers, those of you who will be logging in later on on iTunes as well as on my page, which is JL Joseph forward slash P-L-O-G, a.k.a. also known as Plug, right? Today we have an exciting show for you. Um, it took a lot for us to get to this point but we're here and we did it and i see you drinking something what are you drinking Kakotina. Ooh, look at the mug let me see the mug let me see the mug break it's break time break, break time hmm. break well time. well well no break time for you because we're gonna be on on hot time right about now right <sighs> i mean me break i just wake up you know i know you look like you just wake up you look fresh 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 to death you, yeah, you, what, you, you slap in your I face to like get that. a you woke up like <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. So for those of you who are just logging in right about now, um, we are going to be going on with Daniel Fidel. He's, he's on already with, with us. And um, I'm going to, I like to give a little history as to how I know my guests just before I start off. Mm. Um, I have never actually met Daniel Fidel. Yeah, but we've been Facebook friends uh, for a very, very long time. I think probably ever since I got my Facebook page, you've been that my long. Facebook friend. Yes. That long. Um, I think it was just something that it connected. Facebook connected us with people who were friends of friends of friends of friends. And right. Danielle, who um, is a fellow um, Dominican um, slash Canadian, just like myself, mm. um, he, he just happened to be my Facebook friend. And then I met his mom. I always knew of his mom, but mm. I met his mom. I That's mean, how many girls you have in your life? Right. Hey, and I meet your mom before they meet you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, I'm feeling myself. You right? said my mother messaged you before this. <laughs> Listen, I'm feeling goes. myself. Um, your mother messaged me, you know? Your mother, <laughs> your mother messaged me and she tell me, uh, I wonder if you'll be able to wake up early. <laughs> do this come on i have a story for you about that oh my god this is hilarious and we actually i met his mom i know your sister and mm -hmm. i know your dad i know your entire yeah. family with the yeah. exception of you exception. and um, you know my other two brothers i know one of them i've met one of them but i have met the other okay and it just so happened that um I, my sister again who has been one of my biggest supporters, one of my biggest fans. Um, she runs Carrie Scholar, which you are part of, um, Danielle. And right. 
and uh, she sent out, you know, a little broadcast saying if anybody was interested. And Daniel was one of the folks that um, that actually connected. And I, I went through his profile and stuff. And you know me, I stush, so I like to get you know <laughs> certain people on the show. Uh, so if you, if let me just put it out there, if you ever get to come on my show, it's 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 a privilege, right? <laughs> look, at look at that. Uh, look at that. It's a privilege. So this is how I kind of sort of know Daniel. Daniel is a Canadian foreign teacher and a program coordinator at Ichion or in each or Incheon. Incheon. Yes, that's in South Korea. And he was raised in Dominica, and then he returned to Canada to study sociology at the University of Ottawa and project management at Humber College in Toronto. In 2014, driven by the urge to travel and see what the other side of the world looked like, he began to work as a foreign teacher in Korea. Uh, since then, he has traveled to nearly 20 countries across Asia, Europe, North America, and has taught near 2,000 students from South Korea, China, Japan, Russia, Cambodia, and Canada. He is now responsible for the curriculum design, creation, and implementation, which catered to students from the kindergarten up to university level. And in 2017, that's just March of 2017, he was awarded Best Teacher in recognition for his work and contributions to Loy Edu and education in Korea. I want to welcome my fellow Dominican Canadian, give a round of applause for Daniel Fadel. Faksu in Korea, Faksu in Korea. I clap for myself all the time. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Kakoti. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, of course. Thank you for that pleasurable introduction. I know where you got, but that's a good introduction, I must say. Hey, Thank you very much. I did my research, eh? Mm. And, and, and you know what yeah. I like about like really checking out people? You can get information without having to create it. So, yeah. I mean, why not just steal his own introduction? <laughs> you know? I you mean... can see that again and you can relive it by logging on to my blog, danielfadel.com. Got the OSHA. The about just, section. You just throw that in there. <laughs> plug. Plug. Plugs. Plug. Yes, um, I'm so glad to have you here on my show. And I, and I always start off this show because I always want to know my guests because you can have all these fancy trinkets and bells and whistles in your introductions and in your right. who you are. But I want to know from your perspective, who is Daniel? Who is Daniel? Um, Daniel is your everyday person, right? Trying to figure out life. Um, walking many types of journeys. Uh, I came from, well, I was born in Canada, right? You said that. Grew up in Dominica, and then, like, Dominica is, like, I did music. I was just, I was into swimming. Uh, I used to swim for Dominica national team, right, before I started getting into music. Uh, we would go to St. Lucia all the time and compete, right, like, the whole team. That was a good time era. Um Always made music about Dominica, went back to Canada, started studying, always like got involved with the West Indian communities there. By the time I was in university, we always had like the Caribbean parties and get togethers. Um, always involved in like new topics of discussion. That's why I like sociology. It actually took me five years to do my bachelor's degree, usually four degrees, right? It took me five because I started in psychology then I switched to political science. Then I went to conflict studies and human rights. And then I landed on sociology and criminology. 
right? Because wow. that's just so going back and forth between the programs, like it's kind of tell me you were a confused child. A little bit confused. I just <laughs> I like I like everything. I like everything. So you know, they say like jack of all trades, master of none, sort of. I was just like a jack of all trades, you know, still trying to master everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And so most people, like when they go into university, well, not most people, I'll say some people, right? They go into university and they know exactly what they wanted to do and then they finish it, right? And then they move on to their master's and their PhD, like the straight up, the streamline, right? But I was interested in all of these different topics, right? And then it wasn't until I landed on sociology, that's where I was like, oh, I took mostly these courses. This is what I like, mm-hmm. right? Because I went from mostly being creative and involved and active into like academic study right and it wasn't that like I didn't like it like I was always reading I like reading books and stuff but I didn't have a very tight idea of what I wanted to get my degree in what I wanted to like complete my studies in so it just happened to be sociology mm-hmm. right and who is Daniel I don't know like Daniel is a number of different things right Daniel is whoever you need him to be um my father <laughs> is a very creative person. My mother's a creative person, but both of them are very like solid people in terms of like business and like being present in society and like contributing and doing these sort of things. If you know my mother, you know that's how she is. My father, he works in the government, been like in public service nearly his whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I travel a lot, so it's like I get to meet a lot of these different people who have various types of interests like myself. Mm-hmm. And then especially so in teaching. So I think that's why what pulled me to teaching because I get to not just teach, but like I have to learn so many different things to be able to teach it. So every day I'm learning something new to be able to teach it. Right. It's not just. Go back, pull back, pull back a bit. You said that uh, you spoke a little bit about, or you touched a little bit about you getting into university and, Mm. and not being sure of what, you wanted to do and trying out a few different things. Do you think a lot of you sort of picking and choosing and nipping and and saying, okay, probably I don't want to do this, had had a different um, effect on you in the sense of, I'm going to compare you to a regular Caribbean student who has to leave home and go and study because they're Mm. more than selling to study um, psychology, which is what you started off in, right? Right. So their mother sent them to send study psychology and, you know, after four years, the money got run out, right? Would you say in to an extent that you had a little bit more of a privilege because you were Canadian, that you yeah. could dip and pick and choose at different things and then finally settle on what you did? Definitely. Of course. I was very privileged and fortunate to have that opportunity. Like I was born in Canada, so I had access to like Canadian student loans and stuff. So that fell on my pocket rather than on my mother's at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Right. So compared to like a Cari- uh, your average Caribbean student who doesn't have citizenship in another country, <clears throat> they have to go and just excel in that. That's what they got the scholarship to do. That's what their parents send them to do. You have to get it done. And so yeah, I was a bit more privileged in that sense, you know, and so I can't, I can't deny that. Um, but the difference, I think, was um, I didn't do state college in Dominica. I okay. didn't have state college. It was like I finished St. Mary's Academy. That is AKA the, what we call A-levels. I didn't do A-levels, yeah. yes. So you did O-levels, which is CSEC. Yeah, CXC, right? 
Yes. That's what they call that was they what call it was teacher. called. They changed it now. So it's Caribbean <laughs> Examination Council, but for secondary schools. Okay. So it's called CSAC, yes. All right. So that's what I did, right? And then I didn't do state college for maybe one month. And I, I got in for sociology, funny enough. But then after that, I left and I went back to Canada and I had to do a year of high school again. Because mm -hmm. in fifth form in the Caribbean is like grade 11 in Canada, right? Yeah, so they pull you back. No, not pull me back. In Canada, you finish high school at grade 12. Mm -hmm. So I basically just did that extra year and then got the credits from that and then went to university. Right. Okay. And then so uh, that was basically me, a new introduction to like studying. That's when I really started to enjoy studying, right? That extra year of high school in Canada, because I got to actually pick and choose my subjects there. And SMA was okay. just like, you're going to do science, study all the science. That is the thing. Yo, I, I probably could share the same sentiments as you because um, I was told that I had to do sciences. Uh -huh. And, um, I'm not a science student. Mm. <laughs> I am so not a science student. Yeah. I never liked math. Mm. And to do any and mostly all science students, you need to have a level of, of love for math as yeah. well as a level of understanding for math. I just, I only concern about is can I count my money? And That's... that was about it. Basically, right? Like, and the math was like physics, if you have no chemistry. My weak point was chemistry. That's my Achilles heel. I couldn't get past the mole, whatever the mole is. Like, whoever your chemistry is, what is a mole? I have no idea. Well, right? <laughs> for three years, I couldn't figure it out. I had private tutors. I went to after classes, everything. I couldn't figure out the mole. <laughs> so, that is my extent, right? Of sciences. And so, but I wanted to do business. But, you know, in the Caribbean, it's like, well, the, the, the impression at the time, I think, if that's the correct way to put it, was all the smart students had to do the science subjects, right? All of those who are going to excel, right? You had to do the science subjects. But I wanted to do the business, right? They're like, no, 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 do the science. That's where all the really bright people are. Go do science. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that is I'm so a physician true. now. That I'm is going so to true. learn about the black hole and how to launch sound off this propeller and this and I don't know. <laughs> it was a good time, though. I enjoyed it. But in Canada, it's like when I got to pick and choose my subjects, I was okay. like, I, I got lit up by international business, by geography, and not geography as in this is the equinox and this, but like like the geography of like people and countries, like what is the population here? What is this type of political So you got a second chance. I got a second chance, you know, like a set, a second set. But the, the point I was initially trying to make is that I had like one year of that extra high school and then straight into university. And I think when people were in who do the state college, they have like two years to like grow up a little bit more and then like it sticks in their mind, like what they want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And then maybe they might even take an extra year after finishing state college work and I then go. Yes. So in like in Europe, they have the gap year. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a gap year is they finish high school. And then they take a year off to do whatever it is, to travel, to work, mostly travel. And then, you know, to figure out what they want to commit the next four, five years to, right? Whereas me, I just went, whew, dived in. And so that was the cause of all that back and forth, trying to figure it out. Okay. Now, how was life growing up in a very creative family? I mean, I, as I said before, I know your mother mm -hmm. and she can turn a leaf into a flower uh, <laughs> she can turn uh, she can turn uh, a tree into i don't know 
she's just a really create very very creative woman what was life being like stuck that? well it, it was messy it was messy because you know artists their, their brains are all over the place right mm -hmm. so like whenever my mother doing her stuff if she had to bring it home you've seen flowers there you've seen cloth there chairs there like all sorts of pieces you see all the pieces spread out until it comes together so it comes tends to be very messy until the project is complete right mm -hmm. and that was like when she would be decorating events weddings and stuff and that's like anything you know it always starts with all the like puzzle pieces just spread out right and then you get that piece you put that there oh that goes well together right and that was the that's a general idea and then the big the big thing for me was music and my father from my father is the one who pushed me into music okay right so before i actually did the music like i started drawing i like to draw right sketching and drawing that was my big thing at first and then my father pushed me into music and i was very reluctant at first i'm like i don't want to go to piano lessons what are i going to piano lessons to do i know when i be no classical musician that was my thinking and he was like you don't have to go just to be a musician or to be in a band or that whatever. how he said it to you in that That's exact he exactly yeah he was like we were in the car i remember the day actually funny enough i remember the actual day and the conversation i was like i don't want to do that he's like you don't have to go just for you to be a, in a band or be a big shop musician just go so if you at a party or something there's a piano you can do a little thing like you at least know how to do it right and my father himself he's a musician right he in his younger days back in the day he was in liquid ice he was a guitarist mm. one of the earlier bands in dominica so he kind of you know wanted to pass that on to me right in hindsight i figured that out you know okay. and so I, went, so I went to piano lessons right i did maybe three months of it and long and behold i made some friends down the street from me in goodwill who were starting a band so who knows how to play, play piano and know how to i started fiddling in fruity loops at the time so i started making beats and stuff so okay. now i know a little something something to not join a band mm -hmm. and that was sort of the inception of how I got involved in music, right? That was that band went on to become Cross Vibes. Yes, I remember. I remember Cross Vibes. Right. So I started with them, and then I eventually went into play. I went into sing first because I started rapping and making beats. So I was like, okay, cool. But then we got a guy who could actually sing, and oh, then I was like, so, so you can't sing, right? I wasn't that. I wasn't that sharp. My my skills weren't on point at that at that time, right? Okay. I was still young. I was maybe in fourth form. Okay. Four, four, form at the time, right? And then I was like, okay, I'll play the keyboard. Then we got someone who was way more proficient than me on keyboard who actually knew. So I'm like, okay, what's left? We had a drummer, we have a bass man. I'll just take my father guitar from under his bed. And then I just learned to play that. Okay. Right? So, so, so how, he, many, how many instruments do you know how to play now? Um, piano and keyboard, mainly. Uh, piano and guitar, mainly. Okay. And like I can fiddle with the bass because like very close to, very the, close to the, guitar. the guitar. Yeah. But like mainly guitar, I have my guitar here, my keyboard here. That's like the main things I play with. Okay. Now, now as a young boy, what did you want to be? So, you know, like a lot of us say, oh, I'm going to be a pilot. I'm going to be a lawyer. I wanted to be an architect. Be an architect. Be an architect. And that's what Why? I thought. Because I like to draw. That was just it. I like to draw. That was my... That was my logic. I was like, oh, I like to draw. Architects draw like big plans. I'll become an architect. And I'm studying science. Oh, I'll become an architect. I didn't become an architect, right? I'm like, furthest thing from it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, when I started doing music, someone was like, Daniel, you want to be a, a musician, man? I'm like, 
I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> right? It's like, it was just like, it wasn't in my mind. I'm like, okay, I'll become an architect. If all fails, I'll just be a lawyer. And that's sort of what drove me to end up with sociology and criminology on my degree. Okay, because you were like, um, plan B. Plan B, I'll be a lawyer. <laughs> okay, we're getting some interactions from a few of our, I guess, um, who are nice. locked in. Cameron Valerie says, hey guys, big up on the show. So he is locked in. And we also want um, to have their Gold is locked in. And also uh, Denise um, Ogis is also locked in. I know she says she's missing me. I know. I miss you too, darling. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to remind uh, those of you viewing, if you'd like to at any time during the show, you can ask your questions. And of course, Daniel will answer um, as much as he can um, during the show on and off. Um, so I will indicate, you know, um, the questions and he will, he will go ahead and, and answer them. Um, and continuing with the interview, I, I really want to know um, who inspires you? Everybody, everybody. <clears throat> I look at everybody. I look at anybody who is doing something. So I looked at the people around me at university first, right? Let's say, or like say the people around me who are inspired by music. So I want to do music that interests me. The people around me are in my schools who are like really passionate about studies and activism and about political opinion and social issues that inspires me. Those are people who like go on and do well. Friends of mine who start businesses, right? Uh, the family members of mine who are very uh, entrepreneurial, like, you know, like I have a cousin, Brisfit. He has like his Instagram page and he's like straight up into fitness in Miami. I, have, I follow him as well. You see him? Yeah. him and his sister. Right, he and his sister, right? And we were all on the swimming team together, right? Yo, um, she's like a boss. Like, I, I always comment on her, on her, Right. Um, on her thing, I always like goals. <laughs> <laughs> goals. I'm telling you, goals. I, I, man, also like all of my other friends who like, I have a lot of friends who I went, like grew up with who are all like blooming and they're all like becoming things. Like big up to my friend Sahai. She just became a doctor, a PhD. Right? Yeah. yeah right? I Sahai very well. Right. She's, she's very close with, with Darrell. Great. Yeah. Um, just like the people around me, what inspires me, just like art, like music inspired me a lot. Just uh, looking at, because I was so into music, man, like I studied music heavily, like uh, like hip hop, especially. So I look at guys like Dr. Dre, right? Especially biggest musical influence. And the way he took his music straight and like he turned himself into like a business mogul, right? And so just like looking at the steps, you know? just paying attention to the steps and like the way he moves, you know, it's like things that like I took from like, you know, um, you know, just like looking and reading and just like seeing who's doing what. So you're you the know? type of person, you just sit back and you observe people and you see what's working, what um, was working for them. And you say, Hmm, probably I could try that. Probably I could do that. Yes, basically. And then books, lots of, lots of books. Like I actually read more than I think people, uh, would know like I have like a, a suitcase of books that I left behind in Canada that I let my uncle hold on to me I have another big shelf of books here that I just like gathered you know mm -hmm. and so like big fan of people like Paulo Coelho fan of, like I like to read Stephen King books I like to read all sorts of other crime novels I just read um Chasing the Scream by what was his name 
So he was an Amnesty International like journalist chasing the scream. It was a thing about the war on drugs and okay. addiction. And, addiction. Okay. and that was a really that was a very insightful book, right? Because uh, from the Caribbean and like my environment, the big topic was marijuana legalizing, um, de- at least decriminalizing it. So like I was very interested in that, and it was very part of music. Mm-hmm. Um, right now I'm reading into this guy called Jordan Peterson. He's like this. Uh, clinical psychologist from Toronto. He's a professor at U of T. And so like, he has like a very, lot of interesting things about the individual, like how the individual can find meaning in life, right? And how the best way to be like a decent person, like the name of his book is 12 Rules for Life. Okay. And it's not like, it's not like, I've read a few self-help books before, but like that one is like very directed at an individual and like takes very small steps. It gives you, it prescribes very small doable things that individ, anybody can adapt to find meaning and success in their life. Do you like hardcover books or do you just, you have Kindle or you just download? Hardcover, hardcover. Like hard, you're old school. Hardcover, yeah. I need to like have it physically in my book, in my hand. Oh, in my I, hand. I am, a, I'm a, I am so yeah. like, like, put it on a screen for me, and I'll flip screen. through it. Yeah. I, I am. When I had my iPad, I would just like have it on my iPad and like scroll for it. But like, that's like a total of my eyes. I just like the hardcover. Just, I'd be like an old man with my spectacles, with my big book, like doing really? the same thing. Really, really. You know, I have an issue with like, like paper. <laughs> paper and I, we have like. Paper? I like paper, man. Yeah, <laughs> like I can. I I had to do uh, something recently where they asked me to write on paper, mm. and I was like scrambling down the entire house looking for paper. <laughs> I like, couldn't find paper oh, yeah. anywhere I, because I'm like, Look, uh, I can reach for paper right now. I have paper right here everywhere. I like paper. <laughs> I am not a fan of paper. Like any anytime any I sign up for anything and they say, "Do you want to go paperless?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go paperless." You sure, know, sure. I am like it's, my, it's lighter, it's lighter. Just no paper, it's lighter. If my entire life could be paperless, I would probably mm-hmm. do that. But there's certain things that you have no choice but to have paper. Um, so I would not everyone going to have bad handwriting. No one will know how to handwrite I things. I know, like I know. Because everybody absolutely just loves to put everything on a tablet or mm. on a computer or, or on, on a or their phone, their their notes on their phone. Now, Daniel, I wanna know, um, I want to talk a little bit about your life today or who Daniel is today, Um, where you are now in life. And how did you decide to just get up one morning, pack your bags, your suitcase, your briefcase and head to South Korea? And why South Korea specifically? All right. Do you want like the real raw answer or do you want the raw like, answer. Nice... I want I want the raw answer I do not want the the, the finished the answer okay finish on my college project management I was working two jobs I wasn't feeling it I was trying to work on the music I wasn't inspired I needed I was just itching I was just itching for something right whether it's like more money more experiences just more right it was like I was just in Toronto you know in Toronto it's just a hustle when you live in Toronto you hustle if you're not hustling or you, jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You work in, you have like two full-time jobs and a couple of side hustles. That's Toronto, right? That's literally Toronto. Yeah, you got to keep up. You have to keep up. And I think I was just getting, I was tired. I was getting exhausted, 
right, in Canada. And I was trying to do music, and then, like, there was a bunch of projects I was trying to fund. I was trying to fund quite a couple a couple of projects to, like, do it right. Because at that point, I had put out some music, but I wanted the quality to be better, right? How do I need to make the quality better? I needed to invest more. So the way teaching abroad came about was actually two years before I went. I had just graduated, and I was giving my mom a tour of my university. She came for the graduation. And we were touring, and we saw a flyer on the wall. It was like, T-Salt, get certified to teach abroad. Earn money, pay off your loans, do this and that. Remember those loans we talked about? Yep, yep. And so, and so I was like, oh, that's interesting. So like immediately after I graduated, I got certified within a week, right? And so I was like, all right, push come the shove. I'm going to go abroad. And then during that orientation, they were like, people go to Japan, they go to China, they go to Korea. For first timers, Korea is always the best bet because you get the best deals, right? When you say so, the best deals, what do you mean? Um, best salaries, best overall benefits package and all of that, right? It was just the best in Korea. You make a lot more profit going to Korea, right? Okay. For the first time. Japan, you would need more experience. China, I wasn't ready to go to China yet, right? I was like, I, like, I want to go to Japan, but most people go to Korea, best deals. So... That's how I got the idea, but I wasn't ready to do that yet because I was still in Toronto. I, I was going to Toronto, going back to Toronto from Ottawa, and then I was like grinding. I was going back to school and doing this and that. Then it got to that point. I was like, you know what? I'm going to Korea. That's it. I'm going to Korea. I was just like tired. I wanted to go and do something. I needed some cash. I needed to travel. That was really just the root of it. I just wanted to get out. Um, so I was like, all right, send up my resume. I got, did a couple of Skype interviews, bam, just like that. I went to Korea. They sent me all the information. I got a visa. I'm like, okay, this is real. I'm going, I'm going. I'm like, <laughs> how, did your, how did your mom feel about that? I don't think she liked it. <laughs> I think she, you know, she is frightened, right? Like, so, cause it's like, I had never been so far away. I don't think she had been so far away from, from like, from me right before it was just like a five-hour flight right from toronto to like barbados and then dominica but now here i am going to the other side of the world literally right so it was just a brand new experience right like the shock of it i think and then but nonetheless supportive nonetheless she was very supportive right um i had went back to dominica before going to korea so it was like canada dominica one last run Bye-bye. Don't right, cry, yeah. I'm going. You know, it was like, well, I think that was me saying bye to Dominica in a way because I'm like, I don't know when next I will see you, but what's up? I'm heading out, right? And then I just went to Korea, right? Was- on, the, on the flight there, I was just like, boy, what am I doing? I'm probably going to get scammed. They're going to kidnap me. Something's going to happen. Like, that was... <laughs> I get to the airport. The person who was supposed to meet me wasn't there. Oh, my God. I'm like, okay. I don't know. Brand new language. Everything. I knew nothing about Korea. I knew nothing. All I knew was Gangnam Style and Kim Jong-un. That was all I knew. <laughs> that was all. I knew nothing about Korea. I tried. I downloaded all these things. I'm like, I'm going to learn the language on the plane. I just slept and watched movies. And then... I got there. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Right. And then the person wasn't there. It was like maybe half an hour still. I'm like, oh boy. So I scrambled, got some Wi-Fi. I uh, Skyped with my recruiter, right. Who 
was online and then got in touch with the person who picked me up and then they got me and I was just like, all right, cool. All right, everything's normal again. How long it took you to learn the language? Um, about, it was always like off and on. Like I'd, I'd been there about three years, two years, two years to like be comfortable using it in like conversation. So like now it's been three years. And so like, I'm fairly proficient. So I left my last job and now I'm at a new job where they speak zero English, basically. There's zero English at my new job, whereas before everybody spoke English. Okay. So that was, that transition wasn't so difficult for working because everyone was proficient in English. I worked with like maybe 25 other foreign teachers from like England, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, USA, Canada, right? And now I'm just in a, I'm the only foreigner where I work now. Oh, wow. And so my co-teacher, his English is good, but it's not like at the same standard as it was at my last job right so I use a lot more Korean where I'm so even my other teachers they're not English teachers they don't speak English they teach other things okay. um when I see them around it's just like you know like just like what does that mean oh, it means how, oh like hello nice to meet you how have you been you know like that sort of thing you know what was your, what was your biggest challenge moving to to Korea what was the biggest challenge? Um, that's a tough one because I had moved so many times, like moving to another country or like I looked at it as just another city, right? Because I went from like Dominica to Hamilton, Ontario, to Ottawa, back to Toronto, to Korea. So, But it's, like, do- it's not really like, like there's no, I don't consider it too much of a culture shock moving from between Dominica and North America. I mean, besides the fact that everybody yanks and yeah. then there are trains and everybody drives on the other side of the road right. and the buses are on time and bus drivers don't yell at you. <laughs> besides that. The culture shock. I remember trying to cross the street one time on a green and then a bus was still zooming by. Whew, like you just ran the red light. And, that's, and I learned that was a common thing. Right? Wow. That's just a common thing. The here. red light is go. <laughs> Red light, yeah, red light. If you're crossing, you look both ways anyway, and then you still run just in case a bus is coming. So buses have right-of-way all the time. Oh, my gosh. Buses have right-of-way all the time on any lane. It doesn't matter, right? That's, that's one thing here. Culture shock, man. The food was all right. Um, the people, I think just, like, relating with the people, right? But that, that was the thing. Like, I, the job I went to was very Western. It was a very, like, they were... I learned a lot about Korea. I learned about it in increments. Okay. okay. Because okay. I, I got fortunate again, right? This is an empire I was fortunate. Um, it was in increments because there were so many foreigners in the company that I had worked for that all the Koreans were very familiar. And so like a lot of things were adjusted, but if anything was mostly different, it was the language and it was how closely tied the language was to the culture. Okay. okay? That's when I really started to realize, like, wow, language and culture are very, very closely interlinked, right? So in Korea, the language, it's like when you speak, you're either rude or you're polite. Oh, really? There's no, there's no in between. Like, it's very, like, that's, it's very difficult to get the distinction. So if you're, an, you're a person older than me, I need to make sure I speak in that caliber. So, you know, like in Spanish and French, like this, like, at least in Spanish, there's like that higher level of, like, the formal language and then the casual language. Yes, yes. There's just rude and polite. 
this right it's just rude and polite right so if you're an older person and i speak to you in like the pamal pamal that's like the casual language and i speak to you in the and you're older than me then that's me being rude to you like who am i to speak down on you right and also it really doesn't matter like hierarchy and age are like a big thing that play a role in korean culture so in the workplace if you are older than me and you are in a higher rank than me on the corporate ladder mm-hmm. i need to make sure i pay my respects to you all the time right and what does that entail pay, paying respects how do um, you how do you pay respects because you know back home is mr mr this miss mrs this my this you know Mrs. in canada is your name how do you pay respect to an elderly or somebody a superior in korea you have to first like if you're speaking in korean you have to make sure you use that proper language so quick lesson so the, so the polite language the polite language right so to a kid i would say hello annyeong as a kid to an older person i say annyeong hasupnika so it's like much longer and much more detailed yeah so that's just one thing i won't go into the detail but you have to use that right if i'm speaking like directly to a korean person so like to my boss or my head teacher luckily they spoke english right Uh, for me to learn that so i'll just be like hey how are you doing but it would it would come out in the interaction so if i had like a really cool idea for this program i just became responsible for but oh my superior right my superior he's been there longer he's older than me i have a great idea i cannot take it was i got in trouble once for taking initiative and creating something new it was not implemented i just had an idea and i wanted to work on it to just present it to my superiors right okay. And he got mad, right? I remember he got upset with me at the time because I he didn't I didn't get permission to do it, right? It was so. So I he has that, to vet you, be, vet the idea before you put down the proposal to present it. It had to seem like it, it came from him that he had a very significant role to play in it, because at the end of the day, if it was implemented, right? and something went wrong he was in he was the one responsible right he would get the first wave of backlash so he had to make sure that he could sign off on it right and even if it didn't get the go ahead it was just like i'm like well if it doesn't go i'll just keep it but because i was doing something on company time i thought it's enough it was on company time especially or even part of company time you know it was it was weird it's like i had to get it felt that i needed permission to work even on my own time right wow. if it had if it had to go into the program at all it had to have gone we needed to like w- go for him first hmm. you know okay. so i think that was just like a different cultural business etiquette right? that's tracking a, a little bit um traveling you yeah. are you are known for your your blogs especially mm-hmm. uh the you're on www.danielfidel.com which mm-hmm. i've gone to a few times so if you yeah. see any canadian hits it's from me <laughs> um so um you are known for you know blogging about your traveling experience tell us about some of the places you've actually visited and how how they differ from each other because a, a lot of times you know people say you're north america all of north america 
Africa is the same. You mm-hmm. in South America, all of South America is the same. Mm-hmm. You go to Asia, it's the same. You know, mm-hmm. except that the people might look different, but it's the same. Um, how are the how are your experiences different? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, so I've been to a few kind of, like quite a few countries around Asia, right? Mm-hmm. So um like thailand my first trip was to the philippines right from korea i went to the philippines and then i went there as a tourist straight up i went to like this tourist island called boracay and i noticed that their tourism was just dialed in right they had everything well planned out from like bus routes to schedules to this and that and then there was also thailand which also had their culture very dialed in but the 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 thing was like I've been to places also like uh, uh, Malaysia, been to Japan, China. Uh, what was that other place? Indonesia. The, I didn't go in like tourist packages. I went as just like an individual, just going to this country and figuring it out. Okay. Right? I didn't sign up for any bus tours or like group tours or like this. And I signed up for activities like, oh, I want to go scuba diving here. I'm going to book the time to go scuba diving here. Um they are going to go jet skiing. Oh, yeah, I meet this guy. So the way it was is, like, you could do everything. You could just book your flight, go there, and figure it out. You mm-hmm. could just go there. You don't need a hotel booked. Advice, you should have a hotel booked, right? But it's a thing that, like, you can go shopping when you're there. Okay. Right? Like, I could get off the plane, find a taxi, um, get to an area that I wanted to go to. All of the research was done before. And it was just very free for all. No, you, right. you, as you said that, as you said that, as you said, get in the taxi pack, um, you mm. are fluent in, in Korean, right? Yeah. yeah. What, what do they call Korean language? Oh, Hangul? Hangul. Hangul. Or just, you can call it Korean. Hangul you're... is the Korean word for Korean. <laughs> so, so you're fluent in Korean. Now, I'm not fluent. I'm... Well, at okay. least you're proficient yeah. in it. Yeah. yeah. Going to all these different countries, and as you said, you didn't even book a book into a tour because usually when you book into a tour there might be an english-speaking person on that tour to see mm-hmm. uh, well this is where it is even if they might have a little bit of an accent or whatever it is but you cannot understand taxi how was it like getting a taxi and you do not know the, the language people in malaysia speak or people in china you can't speak chinese oh well that's that's just all, that's well i i went that's all preparation. Number one, I'm assuming everyone there speaks English, right? And they, and most, most of the time they do, right? They know a little bit. They know at least a little bit. They're like, take me here, go this left, right. You know, like um, Southeast Asia, especially, they know, they know some English. They know English. Like Philippines, they know English. Thailand, they know English. Okay. Um, but if I went to like China, right, or Japan, I just, wherever I'm going, I have the picture on my phone. Like, take me here. Literally, that would be it. <laughs> right here, you know, like body That's language, body long, body language, and images. You know, so I'm, 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 I'm very good now at talking to people who don't understand what I'm saying. Mm. Right? You don't know the words that are coming out of my mouth, but I can still get the communication across. Like I want to okay. go here. You know, like say if I and then if while I'm there and I jump into a taxi who has no English whatsoever, wherever it is. I would just be like, yo, music, boom, 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 party, party, <laughs> right? And like, I can say, I'd be like, oh, food, oh, no, 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 like, you just like, you know, there's universal body language, 
language. Yeah, there's universal body language signals, you know, that everyone just knows. You can figure it out. And you, you definitely know? utilize that or you made that you made that your, your next best friend. That's my third language. Right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, out of all the places you've visited, where was your favorite? Your absolute favorite? Croatia. Why? Croatia. Because I had such a good time there. Like, it was... Like, there's, I've been to so many good places, but I have, like, some really good memories in Croatia. So that's in Euro, Eastern Europe, and that's where they film Game of Thrones. So you, right? you're, you're a fan of Game of Thrones, I assume. I'm a massive fan of Game of Thrones. Oh, so my God, you're my best friend. High five, man. You're a massive fan, right? And so that, the area of Croatia, I was in Dubrovnik, right? Okay. Dubrovnik is King's Landing, right? So mm. imagine that old, rustic um castle city look right you go all the roofs are like orange red the streets are all like stone marble like so it was very old school it was that was maybe one of the most different places i'd been to so Is when it i went to, there? it's becoming more expensive because a lot more tourists are going there now a lot more visitors because of game of thrones because of game of thrones right eastern europe is fairly affordable it's very very it's not as expensive as going to england or spain like it's it's fairly affordable right um when i would go to indonesia or like thailand or even like the philippines it reminded me a lot of the caribbean right okay. same tropical vibe right just the people who might look the same way right but like the environment is the same but when i was in croatia that felt different that was maybe the most different feel you go to england all right this is england like i know what england looks like right i have a strong idea i go to france yeah this is france i imagine this is what it would be like it's not as like when i went to eastern europe like croatia dubrovnik that city particularly was like it stood out to me the most mm. right of all the places i'd been to it stood out to me it was the most new right and then How there was were the still... people like People were super friendly. Um, I stayed in this hostel, right? It was like, it was a hostel, not like any other. It was like... You said big... hostel, and I saw I heard brothel. I don't know hostel. why. I, hostel. I don't know why. I know you said... <laughs> <laughs> like, look at you. you want to, you want Nobody's to listening. I mean, <laughs> hostel. <laughs> Those words are too alike. I never realized that. I stayed at this hostel, and it was like... This um, older couple, a retired couple, they had like a big house. It had maybe three floors and a bunch of bedrooms, right? It was like maybe just like a typical suburban house, right? And they just transformed it into a hostel. So in the downstairs, there's like a giant picnic table, a separate kitchen with like a TV room and stuff like that. There was like all the separate rooms and, you know, it was like a bunch of other people like me who's just passing through, either staying for a couple of days or a week. And they just need a place to crash. So it was also very social. So here I am. I met, I'm meeting these um, other travelers like it. Other, tra other travelers like myself. There's this dude from Chile who rented a motorcycle in Italy and was like driving it all around Europe. Then wow. he to take a boat to bring it back to Italy. There was this uh, new, new this engineer from New Zealand just passing through. This Australian lawyer who lives in England who just takes weekend trips and stuff like that. And like, it was just like a really mesh of people, other people on their gap years, other teachers also who just like taking a Euro trip. I was there on a Euro trip. So it was like, that's where I really got like a really wide, that was where I met the most different diverse set of people. And like, we're all there at a picnic table, we're barbecuing, we're sharing stories and, you know, and that was, that was very fun. 
You know, we all go into the beach. We're like walking around. Like, where's the beach? Where's the beach? And then we walking around, getting lost in Old Town. Old Town is like the filming area. Okay. And we're looking. You remember that scene when they're like, shame, 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 like going down. When she was head. naked. When she was naked going down. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So we went and we, we spent maybe an hour looking for that exact location to reenact it. Right? <laughs> so like my boy, he like, he took his shit off. We had a bell and then like we got to the top. And I was just like, shame, just like yelling it in the street. <laughs> like, so cool. Everyone like cleared the walkway. Everybody <laughs> cleared the walkway and like started filming and taking pictures. And stuff. It, was, it was a spectacle. It was a spectacle. It sounds like fun. It sounds like fun. Later to find out it was illegal. We shouldn't have taken our shirts off. Like you have to keep your clothes on. That's a, one of the laws there. We didn't get charged. Luckily, we later saw the sign. We we're like, whoop, that would have been like 100, 200 euros. Wow. Wow. So, so there. Yeah, we got away with that. There's strict laws. Strict. Yeah. Because it's still like a very res- preserved. It's one of the, I think it's a UNESCO site. That city is a UNESCO site. So it's also very traditional. So they still want to preserve the, con- conserve, conserve the traditional look of it. They don't want people walking around naked and stuff like that there. You know, it's still a very uh, conservative, traditional. Modest. Area. modest. Very modest. Very modest. Right. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, keep it listening to you I'm, mm-hmm. I'm reliving my earlier years um uh-huh. when i lived with four flight attendants um mm-hmm. so i used to use their their um body privileges and uh, go everywhere for 48 <laughs> hours you know like go to japan and stamp your passport, stay there for like 48 hours, 17 hours and come back. And and like people ask me, where did you go to? I'm like, um, we just walked around because we couldn't go many places because we she had to go to sleep because she had to catch mm-hmm. her next flight. And and it was just very guess- short, short visits. We got stuck in Cancun once during a hurricane. <laughs> you know, so I've had a bit of you know, the traveling experience, which I listening to you, I kind of sort of miss. As a matter of fact, last year I started saying to my partner, I am moving to Europe. And I started, um, I downloaded Duolingo and I started learning German because okay. I was going to Germany. Guten Tag. Or Luxembourg. These were, you oh, know, where, where, um, where they filmed um, King Arthur. Okay. The one of, uh, I wanted to name? go exactly there. <laughs> The new King Alpha movie. The new King Alpha movie. That's where I wanted to go. Uh, that, that, yeah, because that's that, that looks old, rustic area too, right? No, but but the, the, it's so small and and everybody knows each other. Although I I I was not. You like that type of environment? I wasn't crazy about it, but I just like the fact that all of this the walls look so ancient and mm. everything, mm. Every, and it would be so easy for me to get a job there. I was like, mm. would it? Yeah. Yeah, super, super easy. Like if you actually search jobs in in Luxembourg, uh, you find like they have like a wide selection of of jobs, you know, mm-hmm. available and stuff. So of vacancies of, of all types. So okay. yeah. So you just listening to you, I am kind of sort of jealous, you know. Do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Don't be jealous. Just do I'm, it. I'm I'm still I'm still learning my German to go to Germany. You learn it faster when you go there. I know, I know somebody can just go and you will just and get it over with. So your favorite part place absolutely was Croatia of all the 20 million countries. <laughs> Not that many countries. Yeah, I like Croatia. That's the one that stood out to me the most, you know, because 
yeah, like I went there and it was a good time. I not that I didn't enjoy anywhere else, but that one stood out to me, I think the most, right? Of like all my trips, that's the one I still like remember the most. Where you like, want to go to next? Russia, um, Africa. Why actually. Russia? Uh, Why Russia? Russia, because I've made a lot of connections there, and like I've had a lot of students, and then like a lot of the the parents and like the the what they call them the chaperones and coordinators and stuff i met through my work like they're all there and apparently i'm not sure how true it is you need an invitation to go to russia to like have your visa to be there right and then you have to keep like you're, a, not, you're not scared even with all of what's going on with no russia and no Britain, no and u.s I, and you know russians left right and center from everywhere russians i live i live, I live in south korea next to north mm-hmm. korea it went through like <laughs> Next I last know. two years, when Donald Trump became the president, everyone's like, Daniel, get out, get out, get out. I'm like, why? There's like, everyone in America is more scared for me than I was, right? Like, there's no reason. And now look at that. Now, with all the panic from 2017 alone, all the panic from the news and the media about Kim Jong-un, Donald Trump, two crazy dudes, bro. Kim Jong-un's chilling out now. Like, he's in China. He and Trump are going to meet in Europe. And like, it's... The whole situation is like de-escalated. It's like people panic too much. Media, media stirs the pot, stirs the, the pot, and makes everyone frightened. Go. Yeah, I went to Istanbul in 2016, maybe a month after they had some bombings, and like really, yeah. And then when I went, it was like Am there I was actually a warning. There was like. Be wary of visiting these places as they were terrorist attacks. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that's all right, man. Like the terrorist attack <laughs> just happened. That, that won't happen. I'll be all right. I'll be all right. You know, I I, 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 I emailed the Canadian embassy and everything. I told my mother everything. You're like, like just in case. It was the cheapest way into Europe from Korea through Istanbul. It was literally the cheapest way. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to make the terrorist win. That's, I'm not going to cancel my trip or lose money because that's how they win, right? Fair. Right when you don't go somewhere because of terror or because you're frightened or something, that's how you make them win. That, that was yeah. my. And you're so right. Like the media, especially like this place, Beirut. This this place, the media has made Beirut, Beirut? look like Beirut. Lebanon. Yes, like it's the one of the worst cities on the planet. But I see people like PDD partying up in Beirut, and I'm like, I want to go to Beirut. Beirut is party central of the Middle East. Like they, had, they had a Red Bull competition there like recently and I was like, it's popping. It's popping. That's why I say do your own travel and don't listen to the media. Right? Don't listen to what people tell you about Africa. That's why I want to go to Africa next. Right? I want to go to Kenya. I want to go to Ethiopia. I want to go to Tanzania. I want to check out South Africa. I want to go to Ghana. Just so you Ghana. know, I fit in suitcases after I lose a few pounds here. Fit in su- <laughs> <laughs> I just- one piece of luggage, check that one in. <laughs> check me, check that, you know check what? me in here, you know, in, in, in the luggage, right? Um, now, we are sometimes scared to come out of our comfort zone. I mean, look at you, you're traveling, you're, you're traveling all over the place, plus mm-hmm. doing something that you absolutely love to do. What sort of advice would you give an individual who is terrified to explore because they're probably scared of, again, terrorist attack, mm-hmm. or they're probably scared of catching malaria, or they're probably scared of being kidnapped, or, you know, they have all these different fears. What would you say to somebody who 
is terrified and to get them out to explore? Um, take small steps. Do, do like a smaller trip somewhere, something you're easily familiar with and do it by yourself, right? If, that's, if it's still too much, bring somebody with you and do something that's very different. Like if you are in Canada or maybe go to, I don't know, take a quick trip to something familiar first, right? Do like small trips, go to another city, just go to another city, right? If you want to really explore somewhere, just do it. Just take a risk and do it, you know, like <laughs> just do it. Honestly, like, that's the only advice I could really think because that's what I did, like. Just do yeah, it. That's another saying. Yes, Africa is so underrated because of propaganda spread by the media. And it's he's true. also adding that we should so visit the motherland. It's true. Africa. It's I, true. I, I, you know, there's no real, um, what is it called? Waka, Wakanda? Wakanda. <laughs> Wakanda. Everyone, Wakanda is real. What are you talking Wakanda. about? What are you talking about? Wakanda is real. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> I know. Right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, honestly, yeah. I was telling you, man, like the the that's why I want to go to Africa really badly. Because I there's a few people that I follow, right, on on the gram and social media and other like news outlets. And I have a lot of my best friends in Toronto, they're all from Africa, right? They're from Ghana, Nigeria. Tomorrow uh, we got I've, an African coming on. Ivory Ivory Coast. Yeah, man. I hope those dudes, I send them the link. I have like a group chat, all my best friends, like they mostly from Africa, right? And we always talk about Africa, man, and like issues with Africans in Canada and the US and like rest of the world. And you know, it's like it's like common things to talk about, you know? And so I have a lot of friends who like frequent there often. So they I see what Africa really looks like. I stop if I see on the news CNN or any no, I'm swipe that any news outlet talking about Africa in any sense. They like to show you the warlord stuff. They like to show you the poverty stuff, the amnesty international stuff. You have that everywhere. Everywhere. Even in the U.S. of A. All around the U.S., man. All around <laughs> the U.S. A friend of mine said he went to Hollywood to, like, the, the star the, the star boardwalk. Yeah. The boardwalk for all the stars. And he said there were so many homeless people. There's so much poverty in that area. Right? It's all, it's all over the place. It's, it's all, all over, over the place. The and... I, I think they're just trying to make you... The media sometimes makes you want to see what they want you to see. Of course. And not really what is there, you know? And I guess it's what you call um, the best news is bad news, right? <laughs> so, best news is bad they, news. So yeah, they, bad, bad news spreads faster than the good news, right? It doesn't yeah, get as many exactly. clicks. But then, you know, agendas. It's like whoever's behind doors, I guess. Like, like my perception has recently been that while in the West, they generally want you to see Africa as a charity case. But mm -hmm. China has seen it differently. China, silent owners of the world, by the way. China is looking at Africa as investment opportunity right now. Right? Under, it is the motherland. It's the motherland. There's so many resources, so much stuff going on over there right now. Ghana, Ghana's economy is popping up right now. Right? Mm. You know, and so it's just like also... On top of, if you just want a place to visit and see, like, with all the talk now about, like, black power and privilege and, like, slavery, this and that, like, no, I think people have a lot more uh, access to go and visit, right? Yeah, yeah. You have access to find out where but your that, roots but are. But, Daniel, I love the way that Africa sort of let people know that, hey, we're there, 
and we started this bitch. And, and they've been it. saying that. They've you know, been saying you know that. how they started it? Through their clothes. They started, like, putting out those yeah. outfits and, and everybody was wearing the like, African wear and thing. Uh, and then everybody started doing them African dances. You can't tell Africans in the dance. No? Dude, I want to see, see I want to see someone from, like, Ghana go up with someone from Jamaica in, like, a dance-off. I want to see that happen. I want to see a video. If you have a link to that, somebody send me. I want send to it see to you. Send it to me, please. Pop it in the link below. Um, no, man. Like, plus the music. That's why I said the music is pop. I was playing soccer for my friend, Nana, right? Mm-hmm. He's from Ghana. And I was playing Kes. Hello, hello, hello. And he was like, yo, this is from the Caribbean. I'm like, yeah, dude. He's like, man, this is just like Africa. I'm just like, yeah. We, we're the same people, man. Like, it's the same vibe. It's the same vibe. I'm DJing at a couple events this month and next month, like April and May. And like all of my, the track lists, playlists and stuff, like everything in the bank is like Afro pop, soca, reggae, like all of it just meshes together as the same. And like, you just, like you get a bigger audience, you know, it just, it just shows how close, closely related the Caribbean is. And like black America, black America as a whole, Canada and US is to Africa. But you know, you know, ancestry, you, you would have seen Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther himself, T'Challa. He was talking yeah. and he actually let people know on a wide scale that there's that ancestry you can find at your heritage, like what's your background, you're like... A lot of people are black in them. A lot of people are black, but there's apparently there's another one you can do African ancestry. Mm-hmm. So if you are, you know you're from Africa, you know that, you're a black person, you know you're from Africa, you can find out where exactly, you can pinpoint the tribe. Mm-hmm. So yes, yes, want... yes. There's one. Um, it's called. I know what it. Um, not what... African ancestry. DNA, or something, DNA something. DNA something. There's ways to find I... that out. Because I was actually because you see you you like books. I like YouTube. Uh, so I go. I I'm go all over YouTube like, too. You know, all on over. and on and on and on. Like I, from one YouTube page to the next, and I see something yeah. and I connect and I go. And I was actually looking at this video from this this um actually she's from Toronto. Uh-huh. African girl who had more white in her than her partner who is white. And I was like, <laughs> like, if you saw her, you know, she could not believe that, you know, she had so much of a, 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 a big percentage of her. Very European. White, very Asian, European, very you know, European, all over different, different parts and stuff. So, so if you want to know, you know, if you have a little bit of African, you could probably check check them out. Um, no, you've done so many different things. So you're a teacher, you're a musician, um, you you travel, you paint. Because I see your little paintings in the back. Yeah, in the, in the back in, there. In that up a little bit, yeah. Yes, look at the paintings and them and them. Quick plug, quick plug. Yes, and you paint. Um, what don't you do, and what's next for you? Um, I am working on getting higher education, furthering my education some more. Okay. I'm working on starting up some businesses, like some small businesses. Like, um, so my music before used to be Island Storm. So I have this uh, new wear of Island Storm and I wanted it to be a representative of the resilience of the Caribbean islands that were affected by the hurricanes. Hence, like the name of my the business before it was called Island Storm Productions. That was how okay. I did my music. So I always had like the hurricane themes. And so I was just like, oh, wow, yeah, hurricane. And so I wanted to like 
feel that to like take that for people who going into fitness or just going traveling and stuff and so the information on that will be up soon right so it's just like clothes and stuff to it has the island storm logo um you buy it just representative of the resilience of the caribbean nations you can wear it traveling going to the beach as i said um that's like one business um travel some more work on the education department education field i'm very interested in like government and like policy in terms of education but i like i might do a lot more teaching you know like it's like it's hard to see because like i have such a broad image i don't know how how much i want to give away right now because it's like <laughs> like remember what i said earlier it's like all the pieces are there and i'm like piecing them together i like the idea okay so i'm very much into thinking right so i'll be looking into a lot more uh either international relations or further in sociology especially of cultures and globalization so a big thing i think like people are struggling with now in our societies is like a thing of tribalism right okay. i think tribalism is like one of the roots to a lot of the problems that we are seeing like especially like racially or culturally that's what it's a lot of tribalism no, i was not going to go there We don't go there. Okay, we don't but, have to go but there. But you you brought me there. We don't have you, to go there. You, you just brought me there. Oh, so, no. So. <laughs> so, uh, before we go there, before we go, there, it's like the main reason like I travel and I blog is like I want people to see the rest of the world, right? Get out of that one little bubble. Like that one city that you live in is not the whole world. It's not the one way that the world operates. There are thousands of different ways you can live your life, okay. right? thousands of different ways societies can operate you know and can influence you as an individual right so i want to reach out to individuals for them to improve themselves at least to improve their thinking right to at least open up their type of thinking so they can like look at a place like korea and be like oh yeah this isn't really that dangerous of of, of a place you can go to beirut and that place isn't that dangerous that's kind of cool so like when they meet like a lebanese person in their everyday life It's not so foreign. It's not so like, whoa, you're so Far different fetched. from me. Like, oh my god, I'm, I'm scared of you. Or like, oh wait, boy, stay away from those Russians. Or be careful, be careful. You know, like it's Black more like I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was, I think I was telling you, is like when I, so I was running a camp, right in Korea. It was like uh -huh. a summer camp. It ran for about three months, where we were bringing Russian students to Korea to learn english and like do field trips and it was just like a, a a summer camp for three months right we had various groups they came in for three weeks at a time and that stretched for three months and so i was in charge of running that program so i was making the curriculum i was doing all the relations stuff like taking care of the students corresponding with all the chaperones and the educators and you know this and that mm -hmm. and i remember this girl she was studying russian girl she was studying in korea she was dropping her her younger brother off at the school And she was with the Korean coordinator, right? And so the, he was escorting him to meet me so I could, like, orient him. And so they were like, yeah, the Russian camp coordinator, yeah, he'll come there. So in her mind, I guess she started imagining, like, a Russian person, you know, like a tall guy named Maxim with, like, blue eyes and blonde. You know, that's what she's meeting. And then she meets me. I'm like, hey, surprise, right? And she's like, him? He's the coordinator. I'm like, yep, that's me. What's up? Privyet. Nice to meet you. All right. 
And so she was like the shock that like I, you know, like I was like a tan brown skinned dude, not mm-hmm. Korean, not Russian. I'm running a Russian program, you know, and I'm like communicating with all the Russian kids, you know, like she was a bit taken aback by that, mm-hmm. you know. And then I was a bit, I met her brother, he's like taller than me. I was just like, oh, this kid. Like, up here. His name was Maxim, actually. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to say Vlad. I, Vladimir. I, I know a couple of Vladimir's. I know a few Jovin and I said, if we have another kid, we're going to name, the middle name's going to be, because my both boys. That's a powerful name. Are V's, right? So mm-hmm. we're like, the middle name is going to be Vladimir. Vladimir. <laughs> Vladimir. It's a powerful name, man. So you hear that, you're like, okay. I Vladimir, I see Vlad, you know? Vlad. <laughs> <laughs> Vlad for short. You know, I mean, and I was like, I was intimidated by him a little bit. Admittedly, I was just like, all right, I'm, I can't mess around because the, the, they, the Russian boys, men, they have strong spirits. Let me tell you, their spirits strong. Like they are not afraid to like, just approach you and be like, yo. I have yo. a friend up here. His name is Dimitri. Dimitri and let me yeah. tell you, he is just like, I remember what I remember him as is he when he met me, he just was in my face. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're a cute black chick and I don't want to get to you. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just like, dude, like, what did you fall off? <laughs> and that was like way back, you know, like my days, like my earlier days. The splitting. If you, when they start to tease dude, you, it's all. But it's not even like, it doesn't even feel like a flirt. You feel so intimidated. It's like. Mm, the presence. It's just like, powerful. They have a presence name? about them. <laughs> I'm just they have like, a presence about them. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't put my finger what it was, but then like uh, my friend Irina, um, she was the mother of two of the students. Well, mother of one of the students, and like she brought a bunch of the kids Another with her. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to him like, man, these boys, man, like they, I need to make sure I bring it with them. You can't be soft around them. You know, you can't <laughs> be soft, right? You have to be just as hard as them, right? Or they won't respect you. Right? <laughs> You know, so here I'm, I'm, like, I'm like a super friendly person, but like when I was with them, I had to be like harder than they were, right? Wow. And not in a hard as in an angry, like move, like it was just like, yeah, move from there. Like I'm, you have to be the alpha. Yes. They're all yes. alphas. Such right? presence. Right? They have that alpha presence about them. And once you prove to them you're an alpha, they're like, all right, cool. Okay. Good. Yeah, you know, Very Trevor good. Noah was saying, yeah. Trevor Noah had a, uh, uh, like he's doing like different places he's been to on one of his comedy acts. And he was saying that uh, when he went to Russia, you know, when they would speak to you, it's like, you just have to move. Like, get you out of the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what is it? They have a word for it. It's like, uh, Davai, Davai, Davai. It's yeah. like, hurry up, get out of the way. Davai, Davai. Yeah. Yeah, it's just oh. in the language, especially like, it's like when you hear them speak, it's just like, whoa. You have to be attentive, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's that's Russia. But when you get to them, man, they're, like, super cool, man. Like, they're just, like, I remember having a lot of good times with, like, the older boys. Like, it was, like, we would just be playing basketball or we're playing soccer. And it's just, like, the, it's just, like, strong spirits. You know, it, it was always good vibes, you know? And, like, I developed, like, good friendships with them, you know? And especially, mm-hmm. like, like People, people's perception now of Russia is that, or at least I should say the media mm. has given off the perception that there's so much going on. All these different people are just jumping off. <laughs> like they're, they're saying, Russian, you're Russian, get out. You're Russian, go. Go back to your country. We don't want your embassy there. Everybody's like panicking. 
Uh, that's a tribalism again, man. That's a tribalism. Like, we don't want you guys to look better than us. So we're going to probably, if, I think, you know, like maybe you might understand. And so, like, I really started to study that more closely, like when the Syrian civil war was going on, like the whole thing with, uh, with Hamas and the rebels and stuff. And then Russia was involved and then the U.S. was... Like they had the whole chemical gas situation, like around that time, yeah. right? That was going on for a while. And I was like, why are there so many players in this game, right? So it was like, first I went on, I was like, okay, what is the cause of this war, right? And I was like, okay, this kid got uh, arrested for vandalism. He was tortured, this and that. The public was outraged. Um, Hamas has control over the military, this and that. Okay, cool. I get that. Why is Russia here? Oh, Russia has its whole... It was once like this massive Soviet empire. They had all these allies. Now they're surrounded by a bunch of individual countries who are leaning towards Europe and the West. And Putin doesn't like that, right? He, the 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 rumor has it, I guess, or the thing is that Putin wants Russia to be make Russia great again, right? So bring the Soviet back together. Mm-hmm. There, there's like a, I'll tell you a joke maybe at some other time, but it's like he wants to bring Russia back to you, so he wants to stay in Syria, one of the closer allies that they do have still. If they lose Syria, then they're surrounded by democracy, by America, right? And so that doesn't work out so well. And so it's also a reason why China is friends with North Korea, right? Why they are allies because North Korea is that hub between south korea and like the rest of western democracy otherwise you have your borders wide open and so it's it's a whole thing of geopolitics so it's quite interesting if you i say just let everybody travel wherever the hell they want to go to you know no visa visa free world no but the terrorists we got to stop the terrorists build that wall you know so visa free world (laughs) let everybody travel i I don't know i believe god made the earth for all of us to roam as freely as possibly, you know, and they put so many restrictions on people. And mm. I get the point because some people might want to not want to stay where it's cold because they want to go where it's hot. I don't understand <laughs> why people settled in the northern places like Canada. Like, you know, it's this cold. Why would you settle here? But, uh, why, not? <laughs> but why not? Right? It's cold. <laughs> so so no, those I- are things that I don't understand. But yeah, it happened. That's just. At the end of the day, I just feel like the world yeah. should be ours, you know, to do as as we please. And they need to stop this nonsense. Uh, in, in the beginning, God made the world and he made man, you know, like like the world, land, the earth was made for man, right? If you want to go the biblical route. Man is stupid, though. Man is real stupid. Well, because well. Man, 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 you remember the Tower of Babel and, and that's uh-huh. when all the different languages started. I know Bible, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Bible, can't... okay, so good. So you can correct me when I like touch Bible stuff. When, you, when you talk stupidness about Bible, I can correct, correct me. Correct me, correct me. I've been beginning to get back into studying the Bible a bit more closely, mm-hmm. especially the history per se, right? Mm-hmm. But like all of that, like there's this philosopher, French philosopher, Jean-Jacques Rousseau. And then he touched, I remember studying that, he touched on, in the beginning, like, the world was just there. Land, everyone just owned everything. Man just, like, settled, lived everywhere. Then one day, man decided he was smart enough to say, you know what? This piece of land here is mine. Right? I'm going to box off this amount of land. Nobody can't cross it. My land. I'll make a fence. You can't cross it. Right? This piece of land is mine. 
And if you want to come here, you need to pay me. If you want to farm on this amount of land, you have to pay me. And then so this man, he was deemed smarter than everybody else. So he claimed to be smarter than everyone. As long as he was making started. money. So he started taxing some butter. Yeah, like butter and everything. Tax. This is our land. This is my turf. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's when the idea of property came in. This is my property. Like, really, like, why is this your property? You have a piece of paper to say it's your property, or you would farm there. Well, it's mine now. And it, you know, it's just like that was the origin of why we have borders in a way and turfs and stuff because man just decided i don't want to share this part is mine you know like a certain selfish aspect of people started to develop you know and you know and that's where it started and so these people decided okay i want to buy this from you and started to trade things and it's totally arbitrary like country lines country like borders are pretty much arbitrary they're all over the place they know some of them don't even make sense some of them don't make sense. And then, the th- you know, the funny thing is countries, I see them as like living things. They can be born and they can die, right? So there's people today who are born in countries that don't, don't exist today. Jeez. Imagine being born in a country and then maybe 20 years later, that country doesn't exist anymore. Uh, that, 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 that probably that particular- like um, Yugoslavia yeah. and, you know. Well, that was, like, that was like a whole region, right? Scandinavia, Scandinavia. And that's Croatia, right? Croatia yes. used to be part of Yugoslavia, right? So, yes. man, I remember, man, the hostel I stayed in, like, I remember talking to the guy because he was working in a hotel. Like, he was, like, a hotel manager when the whole civil, when the whole war was happening. So, he was telling me the story of what it was like during that war, right? And, like, seeing all the ships and stuff and, like, could tell the difference between when it was all of Yugoslavia and when they divided up all the countries. It's like Africa as a whole, right? Africa, as we know it today, the 52 countries... It wasn't 52 countries until colonizers went in there, right? Until the Europeans divided that up. So that, again, you could just change those lines if you wanted. And that's why India and Pakistan also have an issue because when England was in there, they divided up India and Pakistan, right? And then so when they left, and that's why, and they divided, you know, there's so many different things that go into, I guess, now a country, into, right? Yeah, call it, man, colonism. Colonialization did its job, man. It spread English. It spread this certain type of perception of what the world should or could look like. And it, like, divided people and, you know, like, divide and conquer, essentially, you know? That's that's really what happened. Before that, you had tribes, right? Like, in Africa, you didn't... I don't think... Someone comment if I'm wrong, if you know better, that it was just a whole bunch of tribes living in different places, Right. And like you had your conflicts in between the tribes and the countries. That's normal. But now you put you put them in a you divided them up. Maybe you had a tribe that was cool and now they split them up. Yeah. But now you put them into one group. Right. So now you have two conflicting tribes who have to now rule over a whole country on the world stage. Right. Or it's a mess. Had, it's a mess. It's, yeah, it's it's quite messy. And those things kind of what frustrates me because I think of that when I think of well, like the injustices you see in society and stuff today, right? Because all of these are like roots of it, you know, this, these are the roots of it. And so you can't really get, I don't know how to put it yet because I don't know what to do with all the information myself. I don't, I don't have any one ideology. You know what? And if you knew what to do, you'd probably go crazy because the well, world very complex and that's the bottom line and and that and that's why i get mad at people who like have this 
I don't get mad. I get frustrated with people who have one idea of what the world should be like. Yeah, right? and they and they want you, they want to put it in a box. And put and it in a box. To be in the box with them. Mm. I don't like boxes. I like to, you know, like if everyone could just be free, but then it's weird. It's just like, we can't complain about the past. We can only look at what we can go forward with now. Like where are we at now? How can we make this situation better? Better. It's all about improvement. It's all right? about it's improvement. improvement. It's right? all about and making your life, your space, you comfortable, you, yeah. Yeah. and you hopefully live freely and, yeah. and able to roam all about the place. And thank God you're Canadian that you can roam all about the place. Amen. Amen. There's not, too many, there's not too many countries like Canada. Um, I, I think Canada has one of the lowest rates of unique visas to go to different places with a yeah. Canadian passport. It's a fairly powerful passport. It's easy. Very, very, very few places. And thank God mm -hmm. for that. But Daniel, I'm so happy that you could be on the show. Oh, you're welcome. Thank oh you my for God. having me on the show. I know the, time, the time difference is crazy. It's morning for you, it's evening for me. Um, and, and, you know, we've gone like, we're way over our hour. Mm -hmm. We're like an hour we and 20 go I know you could run your mother. You're just like your mother. You could <laughs> run your mother to Jesus come. Motor Run your mother Jesus come. But it was so, so good to have you here on the show with um with me um Jana Oshri is saying I just wish that more people would get the opportunity to travel to be enlightened and that is so true because a lot of people are living in a box and they think that wherever they are is that's all there is and there's mm -hmm. nothing else beyond that and the world is such a beautiful place. And if you get to experience so many different um, countries, and I mean, I must applaud you, you know, you are in the perfect job, in the perfect place that you can roam about freely. I didn't even get, because I wanted some tea on on the, the relationship and stuff. You know, I wanted to get it. But, but you, you trick me. You trick me. Yeah, you trick me. I diverted. Yeah, I, 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 see, I see when you did that, you know. I was right there. I was right there. I see. I will let it pass. I will let no, it go. Another time. We'll save it for another time. Another, definitely another time. But it was a pleasure having okay. you here on the show with me. I know you you had to wake up very early um, to, to get organized. I wake up um, like this every day. This is my early time. Wake up early every day. Wow. wow. Every day I have to wow. wake up early. Yeah. But it was nice having you. Um, I want to also thank all those of, uh, who actually locked in. Big up yourself. Big up yourself. Yes, and shared and commented. Keep sharing the link. It's very important that you share it so other folks can see and enjoy, you know, the, the show just like you did. So all you got to do is hit on the share button. If for some reason you probably missed the show or you're probably unable to sit on Facebook to probably view the entire contents of the show in 24 hours, it'll be uploaded to the podcast. So it will be in, on my website. That's www.com jlejoseph.com mm. forward slash plog i will of course put the information on my page once it's available but you can go on there you can go on there right now and you can see the others and you can also go on itunes and i hope that everybody shares 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 the video so that you can get to listen to all the fun daniel and i had on mm. kako tea today daniel it was an absolute pleasure it was a pleasure it was a pleasure it was a pleasure indeed thank you so very much for being my guest 
on Kako T. If you'd like to know more about Daniel, you can follow him. All his social media handles are above in the link. So you could just go on there. He has his website, which is his name.com. Um, you can go on there and you can follow his blogs, follow him on Instagram. He tours on Instagram. You could follow him on Facebook. Um, you know, all his handles are up there for you. You can um you can definitely um reach out and and stay abreast and in touch with Daniel and his travels. And probably he will not make you drool too much at all the different countries that he goes to. And he'll entice you to probably come along and join him on one of his amazing ex excursions. If, if anybody has like any questions about anything, like my DM is always open. Always. Right? You can... he, and he responds very, very, response time is very good for Daniel, which is surprising because you're like, you're a few... 13 hours ahead of us? Yeah, right now, 13 hours, yeah. Yeah, 13 hours ahead of us. Daniel, thanks again okay. for being with us on Kako Tea. I hope your mommy made sure that you had enough Kako sticks um, <laughs> when you went out there. <laughs> I have a bunch of cinnamon sticks, all of it there, yeah, man. You organize. Keep drinking right. that Kako Tea. Keep your chest nice and warm. You know, when you make all your travels, you can put it. I, I see, I saw one of your your um videos you were drinking some bear a korean bear i think it's Mackley. supposed to yes. yeah Watch my videos. To... i'm posting the videos i'm putting up a, a post today i was i missed last week but yeah but yeah final words if you want to educate yourself read books and travel do one or the other that's my my advice the advice my father gave me read books and or travel you know so if you can do one of those that's the best way to educate yourself even like outside of school that's what i do now just read books and travel you know check out a different city meet new people learn and ask questions it. you know it sounds good to me read books and travel and thanks to answer again, your Daniel. questions people want to explore yeah there we go all right <laughs> drink a cookie listen i did not explore on your business because i was going for it i was heading there you know we're going next time next I'm, time next I'm time next heading time. right there next time. next time until next time guys don't forget to check out the the um, podcast in 24 hours will be up and share the link. Thanks again for tuning in to Capital Tea. Tomorrow we have another exciting show for you. So lock in right here again tomorrow, same time, same place. We have another, another guest coming on right here on Capital Tea. Thanks again. Goodbye, guys.